Good morning or good afternoon, everyone, and welcome into Herf's Huddle, Chicago Bears podcast presented by Joseph Herf. For those of you who don't know me, you can follow me on Twitter at Joseph Herf NFL for all tweets, articles, and reactions surrounding the Bears. So today I'm going to be recapping the recent moves for the Bears in free agency. And in addition to that, I'm going to go through the remaining biggest needs and I'm going to end it with a mock draft that I did earlier today um, and basically post uh, this uh, first major wave of free agency. So on the first day of free agency, the Bears were very active. They actually got three major signings early on. Um, they immediately went after two inside linebackers, obviously following the loss of Roquan Smith and uh, Nicholas Morrow to free agency. Obviously, Morrow wasn't a big loss, but Roquan was. Um, and they signed TJ Edwards to a three-year $19.5 million deal, which is an absolute steal given his price tag. I actually talked about him earlier on the podcast, probably back in November or October, talking about how he was worth um, anywhere in that 10 to 14 range so um, per year. And they got him on about 6.5 per year, I believe. Um, but he is a, a really solid linebacker who probably will be the will for them in their uh, 4-3 scheme. He's tough, physical, instinctive. Um, he basically called all the defensive plays for the Eagles in, on the Super Bowl run. He really broke out in 2022. He had a great 2021 season. But last year, uh, he finished here with 159 tackles, two sacks, seven pass breakups, and two forced fumbles. He actually had the sixth lowest um, yards per target in the NFL with 5.2 yards per target. And he is a great run defender. He's really good at filling the gaps and meeting uh, running backs slash fullbacks in the hole. So overall a solid signing um, that, you know, will be a three-year starter for us. The big signing following that was the other inside linebacker, Tremaine Edmonds, who they got for a four-year $72 million deal, which uh, was actually the most money for an inside linebacker on a four-year deal. Obviously the highest paid linebacker is, you know, the, the trio of, uh, Fred Warner, Roquan Smith, and uh, trying to blink out his name, uh, Darius Leonard. So, but the nice thing about Tremaine Edmonds' deal, it is very front loaded. There's essentially zero guaranteed money for him after 2024, um, which is you know next season. So the big the big cap hit is in 2024, which where the Bears will have the majority of their cap space. Um, the big plus side to him is that he comes into the NFL five years. He comes to the Bears with five years of NFL experience at the age of 24. He is younger than Vilas Jones, who was a rookie for us last year. So he uh, actually, that stat that I talked about, you know, lowest yards per target. He actually led the NFL in that. He had the lowest with 4.4 yards per target on that great Bills defense that made the playoffs, won a game. He has insane athletic attributes. Um, if you look at him just naturally, I mean, 6'5", 250 is huge for a linebacker. And the fact that he pairs up with a 4.5 speed is just absolutely insane. He projects to be the Mike. I, Lance Briggs actually said it in a tweet, and then the Bears kind of confirmed it with their media day with him. He basically said he's the middle man, the middle guy. So um, he's absolutely just long, strong, and a menace of a tackler, and he's elite in pass coverage. So he's basically everything you dream of. He's going to fit the scheme a lot better than uh, Roquan did. After that, the Bears went after a guard. Um, not a common name that a lot of people knew, and guard wasn't the biggest need, but it definitely uh, is an important position since Cody Whitehair was pretty inefficient as the guard and there was nobody else besides him to be uh, to be solid. So they got offensive guard Nate Davis on a three-year, $30 million deal. He was playing for the Tennessee Titans. Um, he's an incredible scheme fit for what they do. He's an absolute monster, and he's great in zone blocking schemes. He's amazing at getting the second level and um, meeting a linebacker and pushing them back 10 to 15 yards. 
he will it's hard to kind of tell if he's gonna be the left guard or the right guard it sounds like according to media members he will be the right guard but that means then tevin jennings is either odd man out or he moves to a different position like left guard but this will be his third year moving to a, a new position in the three years he's been in the nfl so i'm not the biggest fan um i'd be fine with him moving to right tackle it just kind of depends on you know where they think he's best suited but Nate Davis was the start of the last four years for the Titans. He's a great pass blocker, too. He's He was one of the highest-graded guards, according to PFF, in 2022. His contract's an absolute steal. You're getting a high-level guard for $10 million a year. That was awesome. After that, the Bears got a little quiet. Um, I believe for a full day, they didn't make any signings, which everybody was losing their – losing, you know, going crazy over, losing their absolute minds. So they, they eventually signed a uh, – a versatile defensive end defensive tackle. Don't really know what he projects to be in this Bears defense. I think he could be the three tech, but he could also be the defensive end. That's Demarcus Walker. Uh, they got him on a three-year, $21 million deal. He's uh, another younger player. I believe everybody they signed so far is 28 years or younger. Um, but he basically broke out in 2022. He was kind of a journeyman before that. He's, I think he was on three to four teams in the last four years. Um, but... In 2022, when he was on the Titans, he had 32 tackles, 16 quarterback hits, 10 tackles for a loss, and seven sacks. Um, and he wasn't even the full-timer. He basically only came in on just passing downs. Um, he did, though, have back-to-back seasons on two different teams with 30-plus pressure. So he's an absolute pass rush specialist. At the very least, he's going to be your third down uh, edge rusher. So I could easily see him being a three technique on the early downs and then moving to D end. Um, or sorry, other way around. Sorry, being a, being a DN on the early downs and moving to three technique on the passing downs. Then the Bears got more active once again. Um, they signed running back Travis Homer. I won't take too much time on him because it wasn't a major signing, but they got him on a two-year $4.5 million deal. He's basically a high-level third down back. He's one of the pe- best pass blocking backs in football. He's If you look up any film on him, half the film on him is basically him just being a menace when someone comes to blitz. Or, or picking up a linebacker or picking up an edge. He's a, he's a great special teamer, just a good guy to have as your third or fourth running back. And uh, even if you do get the ball in his hands, he is explosive and fast. The Bears added quarterback P.J. Walker um, from the Carolina Panthers on a one-year $895,000 deal. So basically, I believe that's the vet minimum. Basically, a seamless transition if Fields does miss time, which he has the last two years, so likely to happen. Um, he's a very similar, you know, quarterback style and athlete, very athletic running the ball and can sling it when he needs to. Um, he has familiarity with DJ Moore. He was an XFL MVP when the XFL was at it had just uh, restarted again. Um, his stats, his NFL stats are not the greatest, but, uh, he had a decent years backup last year for the Panthers when he had to come in today. They were pretty active with that PJ Walker one being the first one. They also signed defensive tackle Andrew Billings on a one year, three and a half million dollar deal. He should be the instant starter at one technique. I honestly forgot about him because he uh, opted out of the COVID season and then missed a lot of 2021 after being cut by the Browns after only six games. He didn't look good to start the year. And then he came back to the Raiders in 2022 and absolutely balled for them. He started 14 games for them. A lot of the Raiders fans were actually, and their reporters were pretty mad. Um, on Twitter today because they lost him. He was basically their best interior defensive lineman. Um, he's incredible against the run. He sh- he's very highly regarded by, you know, lots of media members, PFF, um, and just individual reporters too. So very solid pickup, especially on a one-year deal. He's only 28 years old. Definitely can get some years out of him if he uh, proves himself this year. 
They then added a tight end in Robert Tunyon uh, on a one-year deal. The money has not been officially released yet, but that's another hometown kid like TJ Edwards um, and Jack Sanborn and Cole Komet. He uh, is very successful in the Packers offense with Luke Getze. He had a season-ending injury in 2021 that did carry over into 2022, so that's kind of why he struggled the last two years. But 2020, he had a monster COVID season. I believe he had double-digit touchdowns. Should have been a pro bowler, but got robbed. Um, he's going to be a legit tight end, too, for us, an absolute stud as that. Gives the Bears a lot of flexibility to run more 12 personnel. Honestly, a really solid pickup. I didn't think they'd be able to get, uh, get him as a backup. I thought he should be a starter somewhere. Now, the final free agent signing as of recently, um, that's as of, 10 o'clock central time on on Thursday uh, is running back Donta Foreman on a one-year $3 million deal. He also has bounced around as of recently. Um, I believe it was the Texans, uh, the Titans, and the Panthers last year. He had a monster season once they traded away Christian McCaffrey. He only started about half the year but finished with over 900 yards and five touchdowns. Has absolutely zero receiving ability. I think he caught five passes last year. So, He's likely just an early down back, mixing in with Kolo Herbert, and that gives him a nice little one-two punch because uh, he's the you know he's very fast, but he's definitely the physical bruising back. So overall, um, lots of very solid pickups so far. There are some more pickups to be had, and you know there are still some holes. So actually, we will be covering the um, the biggest needs next. So now the biggest needs um, post you know this first wave of free agency. There there are obviously some big holes still remaining. Honestly, when you really look at it on paper, the Bears really, if they can maneuver it pretty well, they don't have a ton. Obviously, the biggest need is still edge rusher. Even if you think, even if you think Demarcus Walker is going to be the edge rusher, you still need a lot of people because outside of him, you have Dominique Robinson and Travis Gibson. And I think Gibson could even be a cut candidate with his age and given he isn't really a scheme fit. So definitely need to get somebody that can actually, you know, be a, a three-down edge rusher. They need somebody else there. Right tackle is the other one that's still a huge need. You cannot run into 2023 with Larry Borman as a right tackle. Just end the story. Or Alex Leatherwood. Defensive line is still a pretty big need despite addressing it pretty heavily so far. You still need a dominant three technique. I am pretty satisfied here right now because you do have Justin Jones there. You did get your one technique, and you know we sold the draft. So I'm, I'm happy with it, but definitely need to get someone uh, in the early rounds uh, or in the mid rounds to uh, develop into the three tech. Um, in terms of next one would be center. Um, Cody Whitehair is fine, but he's the short-term, obviously, band-aid option. You need to draft somebody there or get somebody who's younger that can be the be the center long-term. And uh, Cody Whitehair is definitely still a cut candidate, given how much cap he would save the Bears. In terms of uh, the last one, that'd be cornerback two. Obviously, you have Jalen Johnson and uh, Kyler Gordon, but you still need the uh, other outside boundary corner. It's kind of the same situation as center. You have Kendall Vildor there. He's fine, but if you want to get an upgrade or somebody that could push him, definitely a position of upgrade. So a lot of these can be addressed in the draft. I mean, the Bears do already have, I believe it's three picks or four. I think it's four picks, actually. Yeah, four picks in the in the first two days. So I just named five of the biggest needs, and they aren't even that massive needs. So obviously you could double up there with, you know, two defense alignment, two edges, whatever, but you can you can fix this pretty easily um, in the draft. So and that doesn't even include a trade back, which I actually will be covering in this next mock draft. So I would trade this mock draft a little bit. Um, I, I did do this mock draft midday, probably around like one or two o'clock, um, right around my lunch break, and uh, that was before we made the signs of Andrew Billings, Robert Tunyon, all those guys, and Dante Foreman. So, but 
Um, and this mock draft was done through PFF. I uh, at pick nine, I traded back to the Washington Commanders. They were trading up for Will Levis. I've done that multiple times in my mocks, um, but I gave up pick nine to get picks sixteen and forty seven, and then around three in twenty twenty four. Um, tried to get a little more, but they weren't budging. So, uh, so I picked sixteen with my first pick. I took uh, offensive tackle Broderick Jones out of Georgia. Two-time national champ as the starting tackle for Georgia. He's an elite athlete with the size to back it up. Um, he's basically a high upside pick that already is pretty polished, but still will need work to be an instant star in the NFL. A lot of people relate him to Andrew Thomas for that reason. Just an absolute great fit to be a tackle in the NFL, but needs some polishing and probably will struggle a little bit early on. But he's a mean blocker and naturally just nasty, which you love to see on your offensive lineman like Nate Davis and uh, Tevin Jenkins. He can also just fit into any scheme in any, uh, you know, kind of run play, pass play, anything like that. Then I pick 47, the pick I got from the commanders. I took Felix and Anudike Uzoma, edge out of Kansas State. He fits the absolute hits principles for uh, for Eberflus. He's a high-intensity, high-motor guy. Um, just worked hard to become the star that he is. And uh, he was Big 12 defensive player of the year despite being in a conference that had Tyree Wilson. Um, he's essentially my favorite edge prospect day two. I, I basically take him every time in the second round. He's just, it's, he's too good to be there. Um, then at 54, I take center Joe Tipman out of Wisconsin. He's starting to become my favorite center. John Michael Schmitz is great and all, but he's starting to rise on board and I'm not trading up for him. Um, Tipman is, you know, extremely smart. He isn't as experienced as John Michael Schmitz, but he does have a high football IQ and he's extremely strong with an impressive anchor. And unlike Schmitz, he's an absolute athlete. Um, he fast, strong, great size. He has the full you know package they want in terms of physical attributes. He uh, he could start at center right away, and that makes Cody Whitehair expendable, saving you ten million in cap space. Then at the, our other um, second round pick at pick sixty one, I take Julius Brents, cornerback out of Kansas State. He's a he will develop into a great zone coverage corner. He's an absolute steal in the second round who comes in the NFL with great size and solid speed to back it up. He's an aggressive run stopper. He's not afraid to hit. He kind of has all the attributes you want in a zone corner, which would fit the Bears' scheme extremely well. He does lack some top-end speed, so that's why he's a great zone fit. Then at pick 64, I take Keanu Benton, another favorite of mine, defense tackle out of Wisconsin. He, uh, he became extremely popular at the Senior Bowl for his high intensity and drills, his speed and athleticism out of his uh, stance. He's extremely powerful as a defensive lineman, and he provides great value in stopping the run, which, again, we have an Andrew Billings. So I think he'd be a really great player to you know, split with Billings to start and possibly develop into a three-tech to replace Billings, or he could replace Billings as the one-tech full-time next season. Then at pick 103, I took a running back, which, you know, Looking back now that we have Dante Foreman, maybe don't take a running back this early, but still might because Roshan Johnson is an absolute steal here at the beginning of the fourth round. Another guy I've talked about a lot. He's basically a big early down back who can become the replacement for Dante Foreman next season at this point. Um, he doesn't have a lot of tread on his tires. He just needs more experience, though, because he was the backup to B. John Robinson. He just was, you know, kind of stuck. So at pick 133, I take Isaiah McGuire, who's an edge out of Mizzou. Not sure why he's this slow on boards. He has the college production and the athleticism to back up why he could be a day two pick. Um, but he's a powerful edge rusher, and he's very he was very productive in college. He's the NFL-ready size and athleticism. He should be able to get snaps right away as a rotational edge, and he 
translates extremely well to the four, three scheme given his size. So um, really like him a lot here. I think he'd be a guy you can develop into a starting edge down the line. Pick 137, I'd take Moro Jomo, defensive lineman out of Texas. I think he's a great depth option. That's an athlete that can develop into a rotational three technique um, early on and then eventually take over. Uh, definitely needs a lot of work in terms of his uh, technique, but he could be good down the line. Pick 149, Bryce Ford Wheaton, wide receiver out of West Virginia. He's a guy I haven't taken a lot, but I do like him a lot here. He is a developmental wide receiver. Didn't have any basically college production at all because he was at West Virginia, but he physically reminds me a lot of Kevin White, six foot four, sub four four speed, and just insane athleticism. He's big and long and physical, and it's he's going to be hard to stop on the outside. He'd be a great guy to have um, start behind Chase Claypool and possibly replace him next season and let Claypool walk. At pick two nineteen, as the last pick, I take Caleb Chandler, guard out of Louisville. Lots of starting experience. Should be a nice developmental piece to have as a backup guard, and uh, can play nearly anywhere on the offensive line. He's a great guy to have uh, in-house. But overall, um, again, mock drafts are just going to keep changing basically on a day-to-day basis as long as we keep signing people. You never know if we you know, if we sign Frank Clark, that obviously changes our j- drafting strategy a lot early on. Um, you know, you might not even take Felix uh, and Udekuzoma. You definitely wouldn't take Isaiah McGuire here if you sign Frank Clark and draft Felix. But overall, again, uh, the mock drafts still keep being fun because for that exact reason. So, um, I'll be back on my regular schedule starting next week. Episodes coming out on Wednesday. So thank you all for tuning in. Um, feel free to like, subscribe, share with your friends, and I will see you guys all next week.